Someone asked me one time, you know, as a pastor, do you, can you separate, you know, uh, when you do funerals and all of that, uh, from being emotionally wore out and tired? And my answer is no. No. God gives you what you need, but if you care for people, you're going to hurt for people, right? And, you know, it's not just a funeral. It's with them when they're hurting and when their loved one is taking their last breath and when, you know, they get a call about a tragedy that their loved one was killed. And and we are... We ought to, to hurt with people. Um, I don't think I've ever been a part of anything like that that where I haven't wept with the family at some point, you know, because, uh, and, and sincerely, because the Bible says Jesus wept. And here's the thing about it. You know it's sincere when you don't know when it's going to come. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it happens. And it takes, it, 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 it wears you out. We weren't made to deal with so much grief all at one time. But God gives us what we need when we need it. And I'm just grateful for a church that, that's, that understands that and a group of people that celebrate the homegoing of heaven. I am studying. I, I, I've got a lot more work to do on it. And, and I'm telling you why I'm studying so long on it. I'm studying on the topic of heaven because I want to be able to describe to you how big the city is the new Jerusalem is going to be. And I want to put it in a way that will blow your mind, but you'll be able to wrap your mind around some of it. I want to put it in, in, in specific uh, measurables of how big that city is going to be. How high, how wide, and how long. Uh, it will blow your mind how huge it is and so i'm working on some things like that that uh to talk about heaven because though the scriptures um may not give us a lot of clear reality of what heaven's going to be like it does give us a lot about heaven that i think we we gloss over and we don't think about and so as time goes on i want to um put together a little series on that might be at the beginning of the, of the new year when we get into it. But um, as Christians, I want us to be able to have an eternal view of why we're here. Because life is not just what we see. The Bible says life is like a vapor. We're here for a moment and then gone here on this earth. But eternity is forever. And the old saying that eternity is like, just take any bird you want to think of, a seagull, a dove, any kind of bird. Taking a grain of sand on the Atlantic coast and transferring it all the way across to the other side of the world and dropping it. And then returning and doing the same thing with one grain of sand. And then flying all the way across the world and dropping it. And when that bird has taken every grain of sand from the continent that we're on, that will be just the first day of eternity. That blows my mind to think of it like that. So, 
just wanted to share that with you. One big family. Don't wash out. Don't wash out. Galatians chapter 6. Take your Bibles and go with me to Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. And we'll also be in Hebrews chapter 12. And let's stand together, okay? Let's stand together. These will be our two, ver- two main passages of Scripture we're going to look at, but we're going to just read this one here at the beginning. Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. And I want to read this slowly because I want you to see what the Word of God is saying here. Let us not become weary. Can I? Can somebody testify, have you ever become weary? Have you ever become emotionally tired? Have you ever, ever become physically exhausted? Have you ever become weary? Okay. So it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. In other words, we will be able to go and pick a harvest of fruit or of grain. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Some versions say if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let us not become weary, tired, ready to give up, therefore washing out when doing what's right. Let's pray. Father, give me a word for our people here today. Help me to declare it as you've placed it in my heart. And may it be an encouragement to me and to others here in this building who at times grow weary while doing good. And I prayed in Jesus' name, amen. The reason we've been given this challenge is because we will grow weary while doing good. Whenever the Bible tells you not to do something or to do something, it's because you're going to struggle with that at some point. So when the Bible tells us and teaches us that we're to forgive, it's because somebody's going to wound us, somebody's going to hurt us, somebody's going to do something to us that's going to require us to share and to experience the ministry of forgiveness to someone. So when the Bible says... Do not grow weary in doing good. It's an admonition. It's a command. It is an encouragement. Because we tend to wear out when doing the right things and we don't see the results that we think we should see. So the Bible says, don't grow weary in these things. And so I've titled this message today, Don't Wash Out. Think about this for a moment. Do you know someone that at one time was a spiritual leader? Maybe a spiritual leader in a church. Maybe a spiritual leader in your life. Maybe in some other church somewhere. And they were like spiritual giants. They were strong. They were rocks. They knew the Word of God. They lived it. They were doing their best to to lead people. And at some point in time, something happened 
and they flamed out, they washed out. I'm not necessarily talking about somebody leaving our church or something like that, but I'm just talking about somebody in their Christian walk, they washed out and they're not what they used to be. Do you know anybody like that? I do. Do you? It may have been you. It may have happened to you at some point. Or you may be on the verge of it. The Bible says that in the last days, stressful times will come. Let me ask you this. Are you stressed out from time to time? Do you ever get stressed? I do. I do. And there are times that I feel stressed more than ever. Think about the technology that we have that's supposed to help our lives manage things and be better at, but it seems to cause us more stress than ever. How many of us, let me just ask you a question, how many of you never, I don't mean to say never, but on a regular basis you don't turn your phone off. Most of the time your phone stays on. You get home, you charge it up, it stays on all night because you use it for your what? Alarm. Have you ever gotten so weary, so tired, that you said, I'm going to take a break, I'm going to take a nap, I'm going to take an afternoon for myself, and you do the unthinkable. You turn your phone off. You don't silence it, you turn it off. And I know why some of us are concerned about doing that. Because you're thinking about the effect that it's going to have when you turn it back on. And all the text messages you missed, and all the people trying to get a hold of you, and all of that. And there are times in our life when we get so weary, it doesn't matter. We're going to turn it off because we need to rest. If you find yourself in life like that from time to time, I want to encourage you today, but I want to challenge you be careful of burnout and washing out. So here's what we can do. I want to give you four things today, four things that are helping me not to wash out. Number one, keep your eyes on Jesus. Look, guys, I'd love to give you some, something new here. I would love to give you a different point, but this is biblical. It's right there in the Scriptures, and it works, and it's what's right. Don't wash out. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 11, I mean Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 3, or verses 1 through 3, the Bible says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and we just preached this, uh, a message on that about three or four months ago, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance or endurance, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose consider him so you don't grow weary get tired and wash out consider him don't give up don't quit so keep your eyes on jesus 
Guys, I'm telling you, church, it's, it's a simple concept, but it's hard for us to do. This world has got so many things that will distract us and discourage us. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself trying to live up to the standards that the world has set for you. Let me just say this. If your college football team winning and losing sets the tone for your life emotionally and spiritually each week, let me just say this, your eyes are not on Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? If things are difficult for you financially and you want to tap out because of that, your eyes are not on Jesus. If emotionally and, and, and relationally, Things are difficult for you and you want to wash out and quit. Because of those things, your eyes are not on Jesus. Now hear what, I say, what I'm saying. I'm not judging you. I'm telling you I've been there. And periodically, I have a tendency to almost go back to those places. And God has to remind me, your eyes are not on me. They're on your circumstances. They're on the the situation they're not on me keep your eyes on me that's what he's saying <clears throat> i know it's hard when your life comes crashing down when a loved one is killed when someone dies i know it's difficult but we have no choice i have to set my eyes on him and if i keep my eyes on him I won't wash out. That's the first thing you got to do. Here's the second thing, all right? Number two, you have to have an endurance mindset. An endurance mindset. Here it says in, um, in Hebrews where we just read, it says here that uh, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And then it says, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. See, Jesus was able to see beyond the cross, knowing that the cross was going to be horrific, that the cross was going to be difficult, that having to become sin for the world was going to be excruciating, that the Father would turn His head away from the Son. He knew all that was going to happen, so much so that in the Garden of Gethsemane, the stress was so bad that his capillaries, his, his, uh, his, um, he, he began to sweat drops of blood. That's how stressful it was for him. But because he could see the bigger picture, and he knew that him becoming sin for us would, would, would defeat death, hell, and the grave, he could see beyond it. He knew he had to endure it for that moment in time. So we're to have an endurance mindset. We can't let our life be dictated by the current circumstance only. It's not to say that this current circumstance doesn't have its challenges, because it does, right? It does. You break a leg. 
It's challenging at that moment. It's difficult to get around. The rehab is frustrating. But it doesn't define your entire life. And you don't tap out because you have that setback. You have to have an endurance mindset. The Bible says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes what? In the morning. The Bible says, and this too shall what? Pass. This too shall pass. The Bible says, let us not mourn like others who have no hope mourn. For we shall all be changed in the twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so we shall be with the lord forever and ever the bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord we're to have an endurance mindset though this present world is creating tribulation for us and stress and difficulty we keep our eyes on jesus and we have an endurance mindset that this too will pass and until christ calls me home he will give me what i need when i need it to endure it we have to have an endurance mindset. Now, I don't always, I'm not always successful in living by that. I had a situation last week <clears throat> that I was frustrated about exactly a week ago. And I told my daughter and my wife, I just wish God would take me home. I said that. Your pastor said that. Because at a temporary moment, I let that moment overcome me, and I was frustrated, and it was a buildup, and I, and, and I was just like, Ugh. but you know what I did? I just went back to the Scripture, got along with God, and started fixing my eyes on Him again. And it, whoop, it straightened me up. It all came into focus. Have an endurance mindset. Just don't look at that little, little one thing. You've got to be able to see the bigger picture. Number three, I want to give you something here that you probably are not anticipating me saying. If you're, if you're not going to wash out, you've got to schedule regular rest for your soul and body. Regular rest for your soul and body. Look at what the Bible says. I want to give you two passages of Scripture, okay? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 29. Look at what the promise is for us. <clears throat> Do we have that, that one, guys? There we go. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Remember, I asked you, have you ever been weary? Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest, he says. I will give you rest. Okay, look at what the other uh, says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, rest for your souls. He's not talking about in heaven. He's talking about in daily living. You will find rest for your souls. And then Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Look at what it says here about Jesus. Jesus said, uh, I mean, the Word of God says about Jesus, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place 
where he prayed. He found some time alone with God. Let me ask you this. Do you schedule within a 24-hour period a time to sleep? The answer is yes, right? If you don't schedule it, your body's going to schedule it at some point. It's going to want some sleep. You have to schedule some things. In other words, what I'm telling you is always moving, always going. You're not a shark. You're a human being. And God created you. And even Jesus, the Son of God, God in flesh, needed to get alone, needed to get His batteries, if you want to call it that way, recharged. He needed to get His mind clear. He needed solitude. He needed to be alone with God. He needed to pray. And you and I need to schedule some of that in our lives. We need to schedule it regularly and annually. We need a little bit of that. I don't know about you, but if I go seven, eight, ten days without some kind of time for a little bit of not having to do it all, I'm, I'm starting to break down. You've got to rest your mind. You, you're not a machine. Even a machine needs maintenance, right? And you're more than that. Schedule some rest for your heart and mind and for your soul. For you, I don't know what it is for you. For me, I know what it is. I know what gives me that rest, mentally, spiritually. I know what it is. For me, it's sitting in a deer stand whether I see something or not. For me, it's being alone with God when I have the opportunities. For me, annually, it's going away with the love of my life, my wife, and us doing our thing and being together. And so in order for me to be effective with people, I need from time to time to get away from people and be alone and pour into my marriage. You've got to schedule some regular time for rest. Jesus did it, and then He commands us. Come to Me, you who are weary and tired. Come to Me. You know what that means? It means you've got to stop going to everything else. Now check this out. How many of you watch sports? I mean, I just want to see a show of hands. At some point, you watch sports of some kind. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. On the same page. A big game is coming up. It could be football. It could be basketball. It could be a big soccer match. It could be whatever. And ESPN or some major network is going to cover it. And let's just say it's like the Super Bowl. What do you see when the bus arrives and the players get off the bus? What do you see going on? You see the guys get off the bus with earbuds or Headphones on, right? Always got something going on. They asked one player of the Philadelphia Eagles, I think his name is uh, Zach Ertz, and they asked him, they asked him, he said, uh, what do you listen to? He says, oh, I listen to Christian music. And they kind of were shocked. Well, you don't listen to like headbanging and all. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. He says, I listen to stuff that calms my heart so that I could focus in on my job at hand. I would even advocate and say this. You watch those people do those things, and that's how they cope. That's how they do their job. That's how they do their work. 
But has there ever been a time in your life where you didn't have something on your, your ears? Where you, is there a time you ever get in your vehicle and turn the music off, radio off? Don't get me wrong. I can, I, I, sometimes I need it. But there are other times I just want to be quiet. I was driving down the road the other day in my truck, and I was like, w- w- I was trying to figure out what was wrong. And it hit me. There was no sound coming from the speakers because I had it turned down. And it felt so good. You've got to give your mind, your heart, your soul some rest at some point. And then I'm going to give you one last thing on how not to wash out. It's profound now. Get ready. Get ready. Don't quit. Don't quit. Go back to our original passage in Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And it says here, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we don't quit. What does the Bible say? When you've done all to stand, do what? What's the next thing it says? Stand, therefore. And then it goes on and talks about the armor of God. Do not quit. Dad, you can't quit. You've got little ones that are looking at you. Mama, you can't quit because you've got those little ones that need your nourishment and need who you are in their lives even when you feel like quitting. Grandpa, you can't quit because though you may have lived many years and, and, and done all you wanted to do. God still has a plan for you. You still have people that love you. You still have people that are looking at your life. Even though you don't think that they are, they are. You can't quit. Teacher, you can't quit. Even though we live in a world today where not all parents, some parents, drive you crazy and are acting, they're acting nuts. They're, they've just lost their minds. You can't quit. You don't quit. The Bible says, do not grow weary while doing good. Let me tell you why you don't quit. You don't quit because there's coming a day when you're going to reap a harvest for what you've done. And it may not necessarily be on this earth, but it will be rewarded in heaven. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, the Bible says. You may not be able to see it all. You may not be able to see the end result of all your hard work and all your time in doing what's right and doing what's good on this side, but heaven is recording it. And it's coming. You can't quit. You can't quit your job because your family needs it. You can't just throw up your hands and and quit on society. You can't quit your church just because your church is imperfect. How many times have I heard this, Pastor, I'm not going to your church, or I'm not going to that church because they're hypocrites. And I'm like, well, are you going to leave your family because your family is full of hypocrites and you're the chief? And they're like, what do you mean you're the chief? Because we're all sinners. None of us are exactly what we say we are, what we think we are. We're all hypocritical in the way we live from time to time. And try that excuse on God when you get to heaven. Well, you know, I don't, I don't need to go to church because I, I, I think, you know, I can have church wherever I'm at. No, you can't because the Bible says that Jesus died for the church and we're to gather together. And the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering together as is the manner of some. Even so much more as you see the day approaching. That's what we study today in Sunday school. We see Christ coming back. And so we should be, to, when we are together, we should make sure we're together even more so in the crazy days that we're living in. 
do not quit. You can't quit. Some of the sayings we have in, in, in sports and in football on the high school level, uh, quitters never win and winners never quit. I'm not saying that you can't feel like quitting. And I'm not saying that you didn't quit in your mind and heart. (laughs) But that's where you put your eyes on Jesus. That's where you start thinking with an endurance mindset. That's when you give yourself a little rest that you need. You know what I find with a lot of people, and I find it in myself, that when I'm at the height of my stress level... It's not that I need to quit and redo my whole life. What it is is that I just need need a nap. I need a good night's sleep sometimes. And good Louisiana community coffee in the morning with the Word of God and a crisp, cool morning. That's what I need sometimes. And it changes everything from 12 hours before or 8 hours before. Have you ever experienced that? Where you've gone to bed with a heavy burden and you wanted to just give it all up and you wake up the next morning and the circumstances hasn't, haven't changed much but all of a sudden your heart is a little different. And, and you feel a little different. You can't quit. The Bible says we can't. We can't. We can't quit on the church. She's imperfect. But she is a bride that Jesus is coming back for. Don't quit. Can I just be honest with you? I know people who have quit church and quit going to church altogether. And I know why some of them have quit going to church altogether. You know why? Because in a church, you will get hurt. In a church, you will, you, you will have struggles with people. In a church, people make you want to pull your hair out. The same thing just like your family and my family at home. It's a family. And Brother Bill made a great point today in Sunday school. He said, why should we give up on the church? We don't give up on our family. We don't quit on our family. And there are people who have quit on on, on God's church, and I'm just saying to you, I know, I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. And if some of you are watching me, I, I, I know that you were hurt deeply back then. But you know what? That's where you grow through it all. And listen, God hasn't changed His plan. He's using the church to reach the world, as imperfect as she is. And we need each other. Over the years, I have found as a pastor that when people quit going to church and they come up with a reason as to why they don't want to go to your church, nine times out of ten, those people end up never going to another church and getting plugged in like they once were. Don't quit. It's worth the effort. It's worth the struggle. I'm preaching this to myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody else. It's worth not giving up. Don't quit. Don't wash out. Don't. There are people looking at you. Finish well. Finish well. Be like Paul. Be like 
Christ Himself. Be faithful to the end. Finish well. This week, a pastor that we have prayed for, that churches all across the the world in the United States have prayed for, Pastor Brunson, who was detained in Turkey. He had been a missionary to Turkey for, I think, 20 years now. And in an uprising that they had against the government, um, the government accused him of, of, of organizing those uprisings, which absolutely false and it was more of an Islamic government that took over and so they were, went after him because he was a Christian imprisoned him for two years he was looking at 25 years to possibly life in prison and the president of the United States stood up for him the ACLJ the American Center for Law and Justice really worked hard So much so that we enacted sanctions against the country of Turkey. They let him out this week. And he came back home to the United States of America. And he was visiting in the Oval Office. And he asked the president, he said, can I pray for you? Can I pray over you? He put his hands on the president's shoulder and he prayed for the president. He went on a news program the next morning. And he talked about how he thought that God had abandoned him. And he got really discouraged at one point. And he wondered if it was all worth it. And there in that Turkish prison, God met him and reminded him, Oh, Pastor Brunson, I haven't forgotten about you. I remember who you are. I know who you are. And I'm going to work this out for your good. And God took him out of that prison and put him in the Oval Office where he could pray over the most powerful political man in the world. Because that man didn't quit and he didn't wash out. And he said in the middle of that when he thought God had given up on him, that's when God strengthened him. And that's when God met him. And that's when God encouraged him and built his faith faith up. So that he would continue to be a strong Christian. They asked him, what are you going to do? Are you going to come home and and just take it easy? And I'm I'm sure he's going to rest and try to recover for a little bit, he said. But but he said, no, I'm not quitting what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing what God's called me to do. I'm going to keep being a minister of the gospel. I'm going to continue to preach and teach the Word of God. I'm going to continue to do mission work. Can you imagine that? If there's anybody that should have given up, it should have been him, right? But he didn't give up. He didn't quit. And he didn't wash out. Let's not wash out, guys. Let's be strong for Christ. And one day, when we cross the river and we go onto the, in, into the other side, when the angels of heaven escort us, God would say of you and me, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I know it's hard. God knows it's hard. And He knows it's difficult. But He's with you in the battle. He's with you in the fire. He's with you in the fight. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Don't wash out on Him. Don't turn your back on Him. He is worth every dime. He is worth every drop of blood. Every drop of sweat. He is worth the anguish. He is worth the weary days. He is worth the heartache. He is worth the headache. He's worth it all. 
And those who will come to know Christ because you didn't quit are also worth it. Are also worth it. Don't quit. Don't give up. I'm not saying that life doesn't change your circumstances from time to time, that you may need to take another job or you may need to make a move here, make a move there. We're not talking about basic things like that. I'm talking about washing out in your walk with God. Always have a hot heart for Him and live for Him. You can't control the culture. You can't control what other people are doing. But I'll tell you what, you're going to answer and I'm going to answer for what we do, what we've got inside of here and how I live it out. So the Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not lose heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that has the answers for us in our deepest moments of darkness in our most difficult times in our most trying circumstances you are there when things are not as exciting for us when we feel like giving up you are there your word says you will never leave us nor forsake us we are more than conquerors through him who loved us neither death nor life or any other created thing, or principalities or powers can ever separate us from the love of Christ, from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for that. So I pray for the weary hearted and the weary soul and the tired body. That today they would find rest for their heart and soul. Would you stand with me? We pray these things in Jesus' name. The altar's open to you and to me. As God has spoken to your heart, are you weary, my friend? Take my yoke upon you, He says, and learn from me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He will meet us at the point of our need. In Jesus' name we pray. You do what he says during this time of invitation.